Welcome to Covenant Church's sermon discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the communication director at Covenant, and the preaching pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I'm Michelle Lichty. And I am here with Rob Iman, who preached on Sunday, February 21st. Correct. <laughs> I've been living in March this week. <laughs> like, wait a second. No, we're still in February. <laughs> Not much longer, though. Not much longer. No. Yes. And so on Sunday, you preached from Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 through chapter 2, verse 2. Yes. Um, and we and you talked about conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And we talked a little bit also about unity. I feel like there's so much in these verses <laughs> that I hardly know where to start. <laughs> oh, Michelle, there's so much in these verses. And I had to make a choice going through here that I, you know, I I can't cover the persecution side of things. Fascinating stuff when you think about what Philippian, what the Philippian citizens were going through, you know, pinching incense to Caesar and some of the funerary rites that they had to go through and things like that that were contrary to scripture, which meant the Christians couldn't go through that and they would be seen as bad citizens of Philippi. Fascinating stuff and the persecution that would come their way, our way, all kinds of, you know, so the persecution side of things, um, how this is assigned to them and a guarantee for, I mean, just phenomenal stuff we didn't get to. So there's a ton of stuff. <laughs> in there, yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, one of the, the big idea I got from your message was that was our motivation is to exalt Christ. Yes. Our motivation for living on this earth is to exalt Christ in everything we do. Mm -hmm. Not just individually, but also corporately. And so we come together under that motivation. The Apostle Paul, earlier on in the, the last week's message and the verses just preceding these, his focus was on exalting Christ. That's why if he's in jail or if he's not in jail, Christ is exalted. He's cool with that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's our, it's our, our, the lens through which we see our circumstances as well. You know, how well is this exalting Christ? Is there a better way to exalt him in this situation? Hmm. Yeah. And then that, um, Yes, I took so many notes. <laughs> then, Sorry about that. No, <laughs> I need to apologize. Pack. I know. I'm like just trying to sift through my notes. Like, what do I want to focus on? And I think that motivation is where I want to is where I want to focus. Like our motivation um, is the same: is to exalt Christ personally, and then together mm -hmm. as a body of Christ in the church. Um, and but how we do it will look different for mm -hmm. each of us yeah yeah um, because we are all we're each expressing the gifts skills abilities that god has given us in a different way and we have each have different arenas i mean you are serving in the world in places different than i am and i'm doing things in places you'll never get to uh, and it's just because that's how god has us and so it will look different as we enter into it more fully yeah mm -hmm. and and that's okay if everybody was rob iman then uh, it would know, be a scary place. Some things would be neglected. Oh, yeah, lots. <laughs> and if everybody was Michelle Lichty, then other things would be neglected. Right. <laughs> and so we each need each other um, in order to 
exalt Christ in all these different areas. Mm -hmm. And Michelle Lichty and Rob Iman don't agree on everything because we have we have uh, different. Yeah, I know. Shocking. I, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what we can agree on are the essentials, on the things that really are important, are more important than the circumstances we find ourselves in this world. Because what is in this world is temporary. What we see is temporary. It's, one, it's what's unseen that's eternal. And we're talking about eternal truths that never go away. Mm -hmm. And so that becomes the priority that we work on because we understand a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that, um, as you were going through the application questions, mm. um, there were three of them that, that I heard and maybe more, but um, a couple of them are on the Amplify guide. So if you missed those application questions, then go to our website and click, go, scroll down to the bottom to the footer of the page and click on Amplify guide. And you can get a PDF download or you can just look at it right there on the web page and look at those, um, those application questions. Um, the one I want to focus on right now is the third one which is to practice um, becoming aware of any feeling of offense or anger. <laughs> before we get to that though, like that is based on something you said earlier in the sermon, which I'm looking back at my notes. Okay. Um, that we need to follow Jesus's example and consider how Jesus lived. He never expressed personal offense. When somebody said something mean to him, he never expressed personal offense. Um, he saved the strongest words of truth for the religious professionals who should have known better, yeah. like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's kind of, kind of condemning there. <laughs> I know, I'm like, whoa, okay. Wakes me up. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, um, and treated others with love and grace and truth like you can't you can't have love without truth and grace so so i think i think this is this this is blowing my mind i mean as i said um i'm the one who gets the most out of the sermons i preach simply because i get to soak in them for so many hours you know i'm thinking about it i mean so you think about it what does scripture say about anger hmm. it says the ang human anger man's anger does not accomplish god's righteous purposes that's the book of james right um, Paul always puts anger in along with the vices, malice, slander, anger, um, hatred, these different things. Anger is always put in there. Um, uh, when Paul talks about what we're supposed to take off, you know, in Colossians chapter three, take off these things, put away anger, take it off. Don't, don't put it on anymore. Uh, so the scripture is very strong. There's, there's, there's no place really where it says be angry, being a good thing. And yet we think that, well, justifiable anger, right? Um, I, I'm wondering if, and okay, <laughs> I get some pushback on it, but that's okay. I'm wondering if human beings in our fallen state um, have any right to say we can be justifiably angry about anything. Because mm -hmm. anger uh, elicits a response, and our response in our fallen state is never going to be adequate, or it's going to be too much or too little. Only God can bring vengeance. Only God can express anger in a way that's appropriate to the offense. Um, so if we, if we say, I have the right to be angry, are we actually uh, trying to claim something that should only be God's? No, I'm just, this is, this is, this is where I'm, 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 I'm living these days going, that's really fascinating. So when yeah, I look I at Jesus, when I look at Jesus, 
He didn't get offended. I don't think he felt offense. I don't think he was offended, but oh, I just, I'll suppress it. When those 5,000 came, when he was mourning John the Baptist's death, he said, okay, let's talk. You know, uh, when he was falsely accused, he was silent before them. Was he really inside? I don't think he was. When he's hanging on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Okay, that's a huge challenge to me. I will say, I think there's a difference between personal offense, anger at personal offense, mm-hmm. and anger at the world's conditions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Because Jesus saved his harshest, strongest words for the religious professionals mm-hmm. who were keeping people in bondage. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, he, he, he overthrew the, the, the um, tables in the temple. Mm-hmm. His like, zeal for the house of the Lord consumed him, yes. And, and I th- so I think there's a difference between being personally offended mm-hmm. when my rights are trampled mm-hmm. or when somebody says something mean about me and, and, and being angry about the children who are being abused, about the, um, the conditions you know, in third world countries where people are completely marginalized or living on practically nothing or starving to death in these days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because if we didn't feel any emotion about that, then we wouldn't be motivated to do anything about it. Well, let me ask this quick, because this, this is where I am right now, okay? Because I'm questioning that. Hmm. If if man's anger does not accomplish God's purposes, and if anything that's motive, if, if any of my actions are motivated by anything other than love, they're just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens if I respond to the injustices of the world, uh, the things I see in third world countries, the problems I see in my own in my own country? What happens if I respond out of love instead of anger? Mm-hmm. Um, what what in what way am I exalting? Does that exalt Christ more, or does that does my response in anger exalt Christ more? I'm being challenged by this stuff, Michelle. I you mean, know, this, yeah, I I am too. This is fascinating <laughs> because yes, I mean, if we look at our culture today, so much anger, so much anger. Yeah. And I, you know, we, before we went live, we were talking about how our 24 hour news cycle just exasperates it because news is a business. They need your eyeballs to sell ads and make money. And it's, you know, it's a for-profit business. And so what sells is anger, fear, worry. What doesn't sell? Love, mercy, grace. Wow. Well said. And, and you think about what we're supposed to be like. I mean, you read the, the gospel of the Sermon on the Mount and you read about those, those qualities. Uh, it, it, it really is challenging because Jesus turns it all upside down. You know, uh, you, you, you know that the Gentiles lord it over one another, but you're not supposed to do that. Uh, in the next couple of uh, weeks, we'll, we'll hear about the kenosis passage, excuse me, Philippians uh, 2 verses 5 through 11, where Jesus emptied himself. Mm-hmm. Um, of his prerogatives of God to serve us and how we are to follow that same example. It's totally upside down. 
And I'll tell you, as I shared on Sunday, where are the models to show us how to live that way? I mean, Sylvester Stallone is not a model for Christ likeness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but, but for he's those a model. Of us who he, know who that is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Dated myself. Okay. Uh, let's say Tony Stark is not a model for Christ likeness. Absolutely. Even though he might have a, you know, he's justifiable in his anger and he's using his technology to do good and he's angry about it and he's snarky all the way through it. But, um, but that's not a picture of what Christ shows us. And that's not exalting Christ when I do the Iron Man thing, you know? So I'm just challenged by this because how much of my culture has so influenced my thinking that I'm not thinking biblically about it anymore? Oh, that is, that is the question of the hour yeah. of the day of the lifetime. Yeah. I'm just constantly being reminded about Romans 12, 1. Do not be conformed to the pattern oh. of this world, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind. And like, wow, just this discussion right now is challenging me too to be thinking about, about Christ's example. Yeah. And, yeah. and then also like the question that you asked about anger is, is when we become aware of feeling mm -hmm. this anger or feeling offense to step back or take a minute and ask, what is causing this emotion to bubble up? Yeah. Or erupt. <laughs> or erupt. Yeah. <laughs> or erupt. Oof. Most times, at least in my world, most times it's selfishness. Um, I did expectations. I, yeah, unmet expectations. Somebody got in my way. It's not happening the way I want to. I want to control it. It's not happening the way I want to. And that is a lack of faith, is it not? Mm -hmm. That God can even work in this when 5,000 people show up at a time I didn't expect. The Father can even be exalted in this moment. Christ can even be glorified now, uh, depending upon my response at the moment. You know, some guy, some guy cuts me off, you know, or, or I get worried that, that I'm going to be late for something, so I cut somebody else off. Uh, I'm anxious. I feel offended. You know, wow, what's going on with that? Look, the emotions we have, Michelle, as you know, are signposts to things going on inside of us. Mm -hmm. And I think many of those signposts are pointing to places where we are not yet aligned with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I... I'm seeing more clearly that anger and offense is one of the one of the key, most easily recognizable signposts. You know, bitterness is there, greed is there, but those mm -hmm. can hide in all kinds of things. But anger and offense, they, they can hide too, but they're mm -hmm. so prevalent that they help us a lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's um For me, it can also be a sign of, so selfishness we mentioned, we, we mentioned unmet expectations. We also, you know, another thing is, especially as Americans, right? We're so conscious of our rights. Mm. You know, we have certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? It's right there in the Declaration of Independence. Oh man. <laughs> and when somebody is trampling on my rights, then by golly, I need to stand up for to that. And I need to, you know, th that is definitely justified. But then I think about Jesus who gave up his right mm. to come to earth. I mean, and then in the Old Testament, I'm in Genesis right now in my Bible study and we just finished uh, learning about Isaac. And 
he gave up his rights to the wells that his father dug. Like he had the right to those wells and he gave them up and gave them up and gave them up. And it's like, really? You didn't fight for your rights? But no, he didn't. And, um, and that's challenging to me. Oh, that's very challenging. Yeah, you know. And you, so we go back to the Apostle Paul, who um, there were times when he gave up his rights in Philippi, when he was to be beaten. He could have said, is it right to beat a Roman citizen? You know, but yeah. he, he didn't. He was beaten. And then he, he, he used his rights um, in Jerusalem just before he was about to be beaten. He asked the question and people backed away. And God had given him something amazing because he didn't pay for his citizenship. He was born a citizen. And when they found that out, they're like, oh, man, this dude is important. You know, mm -hmm. this, this dude is protected. So how do we, how, there are moments when we, when, we, when we stand on our rights and there are moments when we give up our rights and discernment is which, which thing is going to exalt Christ more in this moment. I think that's, that's the, you know, how do we follow the Holy Spirit in that? that? You'll do it differently than I do it because we, but we're doing it for the same purpose, the same motive, and we stand side by side contending as one person for the common faith. Hmm. And that is so true that you will do it differently than I do it. Even if we're, even if we're faced with similar or the exact same situation. Um, and that's where I think it gets hard for mm. us to realize that following our conscience, following the Holy Spirit will not look the same for every person in, in the same situation. Yeah. And, and, we, yeah. and that is God's design. And that's okay. And I, I love what he says. I love what he says in chapter three here um, in Philippians, where he says, um, all of us who are mature should take such a view of these things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. You know, that's three verses mm -hmm. 15 and 16. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's going to be points where we disagree. Well, in the midst of our disagreement, Let's let God help us work it out, but let's continue to live what we already attained, unity and love. God is three in one. This blows me away. God is three in one. He is a unity in and of himself. Mm -hmm. He's a perfect unity, and God is love. And so the unity and the love are supposed to be reflected in God's people as we live together. Uh, his families, our, our biological families, if we're, if we're all Christians, should have that. But the church, mm -hmm. unity and love that's what is seen by the outside world. At least it should be. Mm -hmm. That's a challenge. I'm challenged by it. It is. And what's my I choice? What, what I do makes a difference in that whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why we have to leave room for the Holy Spirit to work. Mm -hmm. And we can't hold other people to the standard that God has called other Christians, other believers to act in the same way that he's called me to act in specific ways, right? Like we are all called to love. We are all called to do good in this world, but I can't expect that Rob Iman and the rest of Covenant Church is going to do the same good works that God's called me to do. Yeah. Which yeah. is also in, 
it's not also in Philippians, is it? That's in another epistle. <laughs> I'm <laughs> getting confused. <laughs> Book, of Book of Romans chapter 12. Uh, in as much as it depends upon you, live at peace with all people. Mm -hmm. Wow. In as much as it depends upon you. Okay, so that exalts Christ when I seek to live at peace with all people. How does that, how does that play out in my social media uh, face? In what I, what I type and, and post on social media? How does that play out in my family as I argue with my wife? How does that play out as I try to, to disciple and, and train my children in the way they should go? How does that play out in my workplace? How does that play out in my neighborhood as I walk the streets with people? Um, you know, it, it really does become a lens through which we can see the different arenas of our own life and go, wow, okay, how is that playing out? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, we need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Is there any last word that you would like to leave with us? I, uh, in, in this sermon, I intentionally started building on something where I said, is unity that important? And I said, yes, it is. And I, I, I listed one thing. And the second thing I listed was that, that um, uh, it's possible that the, the, the Gentiles might be led to blaspheme God because of us if we're not unified. And I said, is unity that important? Yes, it is. There was a third level that I didn't have time to get to. It comes from Ephesians 3.10. Um, but unity really is more important than we realize, um, mm. because uh, in, in 310 Ephesians, um, Paul says that, that God is, is making displayed, making known the rich variety of his manifold wisdom through the church, and he's doing that to the spiritual rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. In other words, our unity is not just communicating to the world, John 17, that they might be one father as you and I are one so that the world might know that you right. sent me and love me. You know, it's not just, it's not just for the world as, a, as an evangelistic expression of the truth of God, but it's also for the spiritual realm as an expression of, of God's wisdom and what he's doing. I mean, this is pretty serious stuff. Wow. You know, is unity that important? Yes, it is. And what is it? How does it fall upon me to, to play to, to, to engage in a way that helps develop the unity God intends. So that's, that'll probably be my last comment on that today. Yeah, that is, that is profound. <laughs> ah, it, it blows my mind. I'll yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a lot in this little book. Uh, we ought to be listening to it. Some yeah. And it, yeah, there's a lot in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, Thank you, Rob, for joining me today and for all the um, work and time and marinating you put into this sermon on Sunday um, and for sharing some more insight with us today. Well, Michelle, thank you for taking time out of your life and schedule to, uh, to chat with me about it because it's a real joy for me. So thank you. Yeah. And um, all right. Well, we will see you next week. I will see you next week. I don't know who's preaching on Sunday. David is up for the Sunday. Okay. So David and I will be here next Wednesday. Perfect. All right. All take right. care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.